0: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com/therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com/therapy30.
1: It's time. It's time for kick off. Kick off. the end zone. Touchdown with former assasin and Mike Valenti. Oh, how did we how did we get here?
2: Week 18. In the National Football League, Boomer, how are you? I'm doing good, Mike. You know, a long week for sure, but we are at the end of that week. We're now looking forward to Week 18, and we're looking forward to potential scenarios for the playoffs after Week 18. And there are some huge games this week, and a lot riding on it for a lot of teams, especially on the AFC side of the ledger.
1: So let's start with this before we get to the rundown. Obviously, everyone fully aware, DeMar Hamlin, what happened, the good news, uh, speaking awake, uh, breathing tube is out. He's making remarkable progress. Uh, The question would be, and we don't have all these answers, how is this going to work from a football side as there's going to be an owner's meeting? Boomer,
2: where do we think this lands? It's really hard to say where it's going to land, and there are scenarios that are out there for the owners to vote on. I know some owners are not happy about it, uh, but you you have to always think in in terms of the best interest of the league and how do you keep – uh, fairness, equal, and, and the opportunities for every team that deserved an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl or to host the AFC Championship game. How do you make that happen and keep everybody happy? I don't necessarily know that you can do that. No. And these are 32 owners. They're they're extremely competitive. And when you get down to the raw feelings of competitiveness within the league itself, you know, coaches may be saying one thing publicly, but behind the scenes – yeah. They are lobbying for the best situation for their own team because they want to win because they know how hard it is to get to this point. So I can only hope that cool heads prevail and that when we come out of Week 18, we have a much clearer view of what the AFC playoff seedings and the playoff situation is going to look like. Right now, uh, we don't as you and I are talking right now, we don't really know what that entails.
1: No, and it's one of the only times on this show we're not going to offer you a strong opinion. We can't. There's just too much going on. There's too much unknown, and it'll shake out, and we'll break it all down for you next week.
2: Yeah, and it's not going to be, you know, if it ends up being where the uh, the Chiefs and the Bills win this weekend, then that's where the problem arises. Correct. Because of a potential AFC championship game, uh, and also where they would meet, and you know who gets the one seed, who doesn't get the one seed, who played a less game. That you know that whole. If kind you of
1: were thing. in charge of it, 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 let's say you had the 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 Goodell
2: power, you know the the gavel. Yes, what would you do? All right. So I said earlier this week we are in uncharted waters here. So and we there are extreme measures that need to be taken, and they need to be done thoughtfully because you have to take into account everybody's opinion on the decision that you are about to make because it. And, inevitably is going to insult somebody. It's going to make somebody feel like they've been wronged. And you have to take into account not only the team themselves, the owners, the players, the coaches, but you have to take into account their fan bases. So I, I think what they are proposing or had proposed late in the week felt relatively fair to me. The weird thing is going to be if we have to move the AFC championship game to a neutral site. But that's just the reality of the situation right now. And whether or not they can get twenty-four owners to vote on it, when you're voting on something that you've never had to vote on before, and all almost every time you voted or every time you have voted, it's been in the off season when it hasn't impacted the season that you're playing in. Right. So it's, that's a weird deal. Like so, when they were going into the COVID season, right? They amended the rules, but it was before the reason the, the season started. Now you're amending the in rules in season at the end of the season. Right. That can adversely affect the playoff and the balance of fairness. And I think that's really the hardest thing that the commissioner has to deal with.
1: All right, with that, let's get to the rundown.
2: This is the NFL rundown.
1: All right, Boomer, I want to start out with the Giants because I I have to tell you. Um Look, Daniel Jones has cemented himself. He's coming back. He is the QB, but my question for you is this. They got it done in style against the Colts. The Giants are in the playoffs. Are you willing to even consider the possibility they could win a playoff game?
2: Yes, because they're Uh, going to be... Okay, me too. I'm not crazy? No, you're not crazy. And it's because of who they're going to be playing against. And that's (laughs) the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, my morning show partner, Greg Giannotti in New York, he is a huge Giant fan. And, you know, he and I both did not have the Giants making the playoffs before the season started. And, you know, right in the middle of the season, we still had them going down and not making it to the playoffs. And lo and behold, here they are. And they're going to most likely go on the road unless things happen differently this weekend where they're going to have to go on the road and go to Minnesota and play the number three seed. And the good news for the Giants is that they've been in that building just a few weeks ago. It was an amazing game, and it ended up on a Mm. uh, 61-Joseph field goal. Almost broke my father on Christmas Eve. Exactly. So (laughs) I would say, yes, this is why. It's who they play. Yeah. And the fact that they've already been there and played there, uh, that gives them, I think, a a really good shot. And i got to tell you, if we look at
1: actual players, Xavier McKinney's back. Adoree Jackson will be back. Leonard Williams gets a little bit of a break here because he had that stinger. And bottom line, now you're starting to see the Vikings O-line get beat up. You combine all these factors –
2: I don't know, man. I'm, I'm allowing love in my heart. And plus, there's a team in the Vikings that either get destroyed yep. or they play in one-score games. 11 or 12 wins have been one-score games. So that means if the Giants are the team that ends up going to Minnesota, the six-versus-three seed, because we're not sure that Minnesota that Minnesota could get the two-seed. Yeah. But if they remain at the 3 seed, which seems to be most likely, uh, that would be a a great opportunity for your New York Giants, because you're a fan of that team, uh, to go up there and win. America's Giants. Um,
1: So then let me ask you about the Vikings. I mean, you've covered the league now ages.
2: Are they the biggest enigma you've ever seen? Well, their defense is not an enigma to me. I I see who they are. They're not great, but what they do – and what they have done in order to create these one-score wins and to come back in so many miracle ways, especially that game at Buffalo, when you think about that, insane, insane. Uh, I would say it's because they get key turnovers, and you know, or how about the comeback against uh, you know Indianapolis? That's where they. The game started. I don't think they were awake. They were turning the ball over. Indianapolis was capitalizing on special teams and defense, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, their offense caught fire, and their defense shut down an Indianapolis offense that has been terrible the last five weeks. So um, I would just say this. They are one of the more exciting teams because they keep teams close for the most part. And they do have the best wide receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. So anything is possible. But the Giants are surging at the right time. They're getting healthy at the right time. And I don't suspect that they're going to be playing any of their key significant contributors in this game against Philadelphia this weekend because they want to go into that game, as you just pointed out, as healthy as they possibly can be next week
1: against the Vikings. All right, you mentioned the Eagles. We can jump right to that. Uh, critical injury, obviously, with Hurts. They've hit the skids. Um, he was supposed to try to play this weekend.
2: What is your concern level here with them? My concern level is is pretty high with Jalen specifically, you know. So in uh, 1988 when our team was going to the Super Bowl, I got hurt late in the year. I hurt my shoulder, I had a mild uh, shoulder sprain. It was my throwing shoulder. And you know, and I was able to fight through it. I didn't have a crack in there. I didn't have a broken collarbone or anything like that. He might have something like that that he's playing with, which means the way that he plays is going to be inhibited right. because he can't play that way if you have that kind of a significant injury. And I do think that the Eagles have been really covering this thing up. They put him out there, he's on the practice field and all this other yeah, stuff. But limited I limited
1: in quotes.
2: Right. He's a great football player when he is healthy because he runs around and he makes plays and he gets those first downs that, you know, aren't scripted and red won't. zone.
1: The quarterback run in the red zone with Jalen Hurts, it's 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 a non negotiable. It's a so, weapon.
2: So when it with a bad shoulder or a bad collarbone, then can't he's out of it. So I, I'm still uh, not sure that he's going to ha- play this week, and I think that the Eagles would love to win a game with Gardner Minshew as he channels his inner Nick Foles and tries to win a game so they can have home field advantage and they can get that buy on the NFC side and give Jalen another week of rest, and that would be the, that would be the perfect situation for Nick Sirianni. Uh, Jets.
1: What? Mike White comes back. You feel like it's all going to be okay. They go to Seattle in no show. That, to me, was the most disappointing performance of the week. What? Well, the
2: first play of the game uh, from the Jet defense was just absolutely said all you needed to know. So it was a really disappointing game. And, hey, Mike White was not healthy, man. I keep telling everybody, like, everybody thinks that these ribs are going to heal within, like, two weeks. It's impossible. He's got a couple, multiple cracked ribs in there. And, yeah, they're probably a little bit better than, you know today than they were 10 days ago. But he, even he has been limited in practice this week. Sure. And watching him throw the ball last week, that wasn't the Mike White that we saw against the Bears no. earlier in the season. O-line was also awful. Well, yeah, but you know this has been a turnstile offensive line. Yep. I mean, Dwayne Brown is playing with a bad shoulder. Uh, they've had a right tackle that has been revolving door over there. Uh, the interior uh, offensive line has been a mess. They lost Brees Hall. So there's a lot of reasons why they've had a, a really bad finish to the season. And probably the biggest reason is because the number two overall draft pick, Zach Wilson, who you've been against since the day I <laughs> met you, by the way, and you've been and you've been very, very supportive of that, and, and yeah, you stuck to it. That's my calling card. <laughs> I, I just think that the Jets have a, a huge mess on their hands, and they still have to figure out whether or not this kid's going to come back next year and be their leader. Well, do you buy what Salah said? Hell or high water, we're going to develop them. I, I feel like they're back to
1: the drawing board, a quarterback, completely.
2: That's the way you and I feel. We don't see this kid in practice. And there are games where he and plays in games where he throws the ball, and you're like, my God, he's got a great arm and he's got a howitzer for an arm. But then, you know, he's got a two cent head when it comes to trying to figure out defenses and reading blitzes and getting from one player to the next. And then also playing a, a stress free game. He's overstressed, he's over anxious. And I think his confidence is in the toilet. And that's why they're not playing him this week against the Miami Dolphins. As a matter of fact, Rob Sala here in New York said, Hey, go read a book. Get away from it and we're gonna be we're gonna try to get him into some sort of mental shape where he can actually be a part of this team next year. Realistically, I don't see how that's possible. Derek Carr. I'm I don't see Derek Carr as a jet quarterback. Okay. I'm sorry. I was just throwing something out there. You're know, thought... you talking about red zone runs? He doesn't ever run with the oh, ball. Oh, listen. No
1: one's Jalen Hurts in the red zone. I, I was know. just making a point, like if you wanted to fit, and you, you it's going to be show or go next year for the Jets. They got the roster, Boomer.
2: Give Give uh, John Gruden a call and ask him about Derek Carr. Give um, you know Josh McDaniels a call about Derek Carr. If Ooh. Derek Carr was as good as everybody thinks he is, and was able to do what everybody thinks he's capable of doing, then uh, there's no way in the world Josh McDaniels would not be playing him. Jimmy G. Uh, he, he gets hurt every year. Who? How much money do you want to spend? Help the Jet fans. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, well, you know that's why maybe they're looking at what's available out there and say, you know, this is our best option, to see if we can develop our own kid here. Mm. Keep Mike White here, which creates other problems with the fan base. And does the kid Zach Wilson really want to be here?
1: Yeah, I, I think it'd be a tough, a tough return.
2: I don't know. If I had to really roll the dice and think about what would be fun, Baker yeah. Mayfield. That would be fun. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> um, I got, you know, let, let's go to another young QB because I, one noted media celebrity and football aficionado boomer Assisen hit Mac Jones with a chair. Uh, this has been a wild run for Mac Jones here. It has been, um, terms like douchiness now being attached to it. <laughs> I,
2: I was just like, okay, gotta add that to the sheet. What is going, is he the starter in new England week one? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good, really good question. I, uh, I basically go on WEEI every morning. That's a big station up in Boston. And, you know, they needed a little something, a little pick-me-up, if you will. <laughs> and I said, I got something for you guys. Mac Jones' actions on the field are pissing me off. And it just – he's got this douchey attitude about he him on the field. He flips out theater. every five seconds. And that, so I'm not the only one that has seen this. No. And I think what it does, it embarrasses the coaches on the sideline, Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge. It intensifies the angst against them with the fan base. It creates the political firestorm that is around the New England Patriots these days. And I'm surprised that Bill Belichick hasn't put his foot down and said, you got to knock it off, kid, because you're really making my job difficult and you're making your coach's jobs difficult. I know you miss Josh McDaniels. I know you're not having a great year, and I know you're coming off of an injury, but we don't need the mindless gyrations every single time something goes wrong because that's what I'm talking about. I don't think Mac Jones himself as a human being is a douche. I just think his actions when he is frustrated on the field are douchey. That's a critical distinction. Yes. I like it. Right. So that's why I have to make sure people hear what I say and how I say it and the context in which I say it.
1: All right. Um, How about this? Ron Rivera, I have to ask you about this. I, I... I'm starting to wonder if Ron Rivera in one foul swoop may put himself on the hot seat. The move to Wentz, Wentz was an atrocity on the field. The team looked lifeless in a must-win game. And then after, I don't know if he just got caught off guard. I don't know if it's real
2: or not. He seemed to not know they could be eliminated later in the day. He knows. He knows 100%. He was asked two questions at once. One was, uh, do you know that you're eliminated and or you can be eliminated and if you are and you are eliminated, you know, are you gonna play Sam Howell a quarterback? So he was asked two questions around that situation that they were finding themselves in at that moment. And I think he just said, Oh, we could be eliminated, like to kind of diffuse the question about the quarterback situation. That's what I think. And you know, he's a smart guy. He knows I know exactly that. what's going on. Well then why did he start Wentz? Uh that's another question that I, I can't answer myself. It's only reason why is because of the Taylor Heineke thing kind of started to dip. And the turnovers that Taylor was doing were really hurting the team. And I guess they wanted to see whether or not Carson could elevate the team so they knew who their quarterback would be next year. Because he's not going to be there next year because he's got an out now, and that's why he's not playing this week. They don't want him getting hurt. Just kind of like the same thing with Derek Carr. They just don't want him getting hurt. But he doesn't have the cachet nor the history with uh, Ron Rivera and the Commanders as Derek Carr had with the Raiders.
1: Yeah, uh, and that was just, that was lifeless. That was an unbelievable performance. Two years in a row now by him. Yep, last week of the season. He did it against the Jaguars last year with the Colts.
2: Yeah, I heard Ron Jaworski basically say, I doubt he is in the league next year. He's radioactive. That's it. He is. He's not going to be a starter, but he may be a backup somewhere.
1: All right, we have a lot more issues we're going to get to later in the show. We have to get to the picks. And rent is due. Uh, We have a message, a mea culpa, and we have got to battle through. Don't make a move. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. We will meander through these picks next.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to Kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. All right, listen. There is a distinct reason the two of us, we gazed into each other's eyes and said, man, we really don't want to pick all these games the last three weeks. It is tough in the streets, so I'm warning you. This is a PSA for everybody. Take it easy on these. Wait for the playoffs. Have a little fun. Don't go nuts because mistakes were made. We had our single worst week of the year. Now, we are both well above water, but last week, that was a clown car. So, with that, we are going to get to the picks right now. Picks of the Week. All right, so... It is week 18, Yes. and I'm telling you, be careful. Now let's begin. God help us all. <laughs> Chiefs lay in nine and a half. They travel to
2: Vegas for the Stidham experience. Yeah, I think the Stidham experience showed itself last week that, you know, he can play. You know, he's a pretty good player. And I think that, uh, you know, if I'm the Raiders on Devontae Adams, um, Darren Waller and those guys, you know, I want to go out there and I want to finish the season off on a high note. And I know if I'm Jared Stidham... I can run the offense. I know it, and it looks like he knows it as well. And, I'm, you know, the Chiefs have everything to play for. They win this game, you know, by winning percentage at least. They'll have wrapped up the number one seed in the AFC. So, I like the Chiefs to win the game, but I do like the Raiders to cover the numbers.
1: I'm with you. I like that Stidham forced it to Devontae Adams. Even when he's not open, he's open. You just throw it to him. Um, And I'm with you. Mahomes doesn't cover big numbers. I'll take the nine and a half. This is... This is my kind of game right here. Colts lay in three
2: against the Texans. You know, the Texans haven't had anything to play for for over a month. Uh, the Colts are probably going to go back to Sam Erlinger as their starting quarterback. Nick Foles looks like he he's out. Uh, the Colts are a mess right now, and we all know that, and we've all watched this thing implode right in front of our eyes. They yeah. can't get anything done. So, uh, you know, believe it or not, the Texans and the Bears are still in line for that number one overall draft pick. And the Texans have the inside track. Yeah, Unless they win this game and then the Bears go on and lose.
1: Which let the Jets be thy guide. They had Trevor Lawrence in their pocket and they decided to get frisky. Look at me. We're going to win game. You lose with dignity here. If you can. That's the thing. Can you? They can and they will. will. That's why I'm taking the Colts. That's right.
2: Yes. The Lovey, we love you. Do us a solid. Lose with dignity. That's the message from ownership. I, I think that would be the message from ownership. And you got to realize that there are a couple quarterbacks here at the top of this draft, and they want to be able to pick the one that they would like. Vikings laying seven and a half at the Bears. So no Justin Fields means that there's no Bears offense. But, you know, let's face it, and the Bears are a team that uh, has fallen apart here, and they too want to get to that number one draft overall. So I I I know that the Bears, it, you, you think that they're somehow going to keep this game close? I don't think so. I think the Vikings will win this game by 10 points or more. Lose with dignity. Uh, I And by the way, the Bear defense. Oh,
1: my God. I'll take the Vikings. Bengals, Ravens. Bengals laying a flat seven. The Ravens may not have a quarterback on the roster.
2: Yeah, but, you know, like, where are the Bengals right now? I know. And I listened but- to Joe Burrow talk this week, and they're going to a- – Back on the field where all this stuff took place on Monday night, it's their home stadium. Um, I, I, I thought they were off to a great start on Monday night, and he looked like he was going to be like on the he whole night. He was locked lock. in. He yeah. was locked in. So um, I hope that he can do that this week. Uh, the Ravens play them tough. They always keep these games close. And John Harbaugh has done a fabulous job in Baltimore to keep his team right in the mix. And unfortunately, you know the AFC North has been won by the Bengals. I don't know how Zach Taylor is going to look at this because they're going to be playing the same time the Buffalo Bills are playing the Patriots. Right. And it could mean something if Buffalo loses to the Patriots, which I don't think it's going to happen either. I'll take the Ravens and the number here against the Bengals.
1: I'm going to take the Bengals. Maybe it'll be cathartic in some way to get back on the field, play, lock in. And honestly, the Ravens, I mean, Huntley's a mess. Lamar's, you know, wearing sunglasses on the beach. I, I'll take the Bengals. But I'm like you. I don't like picking this game because you're dealing with
2: what is that team's mental state. And by the way, this is a real game. This game means yeah. something. So to both teams, by the way. I'll take the Bengals. Because there is a scenario where if, in fact, it gets passed, these two teams meet in the wild card round. They could flip a coin to determine who is the home field advantage if the Ravens win the game, believe it or not. I believe it. Jets land one in Miami. Remember the last time Skyler Thompson played against the Jets, what happened? Wow. They got drilled. Not, not optimal. It's not <laughs> optimal. And I, I know the Jets haven't been playing perfect. And I think that Joe Flacco actually may get the start here for the Jets. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. I know we can all be like kind of look at this and kind of laugh. And this team has nothing to play for right now. There's no pressure. There's no stress. I'm going to I'm gonna take the Jets as the fa- I can't believe the Jets are favored in this game. Oh. but i am going to take the jets and we got him down on this list as a one point favorite yes that's what i something's have. going on in miami
1: well i mean you lose your starting quarterback i mean that's and then they don't have teddy covers they're down to they're down to a street free agent
2: yeah i you know so teddy uh dislocated the pinky on his throwing hand i don't think it will be ready for this game even if he, if he is ready I don't know how effective he'll be. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. I just, I, I can't. Do what, wh- do what you feel. Don't don't Dolphins, worry about me.
1: Dolphins. I, I, the,
2: the, the Jets just laid see, down and died. I know, but see, last week, you convinced me to take a team okay. that I didn't want to take okay. initially, and oh, then, then I switched because you talked me into it.
1: All right, and listen, we have, here is what I'm offering you. Okay. This is a gift certificate that's not a gift certificate. It's not a physical, like, publisher's clearinghouse check. You have... For next season, and dinner wherever you want. I'll even put you in a car, whatever you want. Okay. I I apologize. The Rams pick was a disgrace. Yes, I James. owe you. And I. B- by the way, people, I was sure to hear about it mid game. <laughs> you you yes. pick you pick the Thursday. I will fly in early. You pick the place. Okay. I owe you. because you do on me.
2: That was a disgrace. And I accept your apology. And I
1: am sorry.
2: And your olive branch. I accept your (laughs) olive branch as well. I. Why The first five minutes I go, oh, no, (laughs) this isn't going well. So for people who don't understand, last week I picked the Chargers initially over the Rams. And then you're looking at me cross-eyed, screaming at me, and you're yelling at me. And I said, okay, you know what? You're making sense there. I bullied you. You know what? I'll take the Rams. And then the Rams ended up getting throttled by the Chargers. Mistakes were made. Uh, Let's move on. Saints laying three and a half to the Panthers. I like the Saints. I like the way the Saints have been playing. You know, they, they played a game last week against Philadelphia. I like them uh, in the, into that game as well. And they basically took care of business, and they'll take care of business here. I, I, I just think their defense is playing hard, and Andy Dalton's actually finishes, finishing the season reasonably strong. I just hate the three and a half here. I, I'm going to I'm gonna take the points. I, the one thing that bugs me, you got David Tepper on the
1: phone talking to coaches while Steve Wilkes is fighting his ass off to try to get this game. I, I tell you, I don't like
2: it. David Tepper said when Steve Wilkes was given the interim tag that he had to do something extraordinary. Extraordinary would have been winning in Tampa last yeah. week and winning uh, this coming week and going to the playoffs. Yeah. Then he keeps the job. Yeah. Now he allows David Tepper to go out and start talking to whoever he wants to talk.
1: Uh, I'll, t- I'll take the points. Bills, now this is another one, like the Bengal game. What is the mental state of the Bills? They're laying seven, they're hosting the Patriots. Patriots
2: are in a win-and-you're-in situation. Okay, we talked about their uh, teammate, DeMar Hamlin, how much better he's doing. The breathing tube was removed. He's able to speak. He's spoken to his teammates. He wants his teammates to charge ahead. I see a video on the scoreboard before the game of him thanking the fans, thanking the fans for their prayers, thanking for, the, you know, the... Um, the donations to his foundation well over six million dollars and I see the fan base up there just going crazy and I see the, Bing, uh, the, the Bills players just having the chills and being able to refocus and get going and I just don't see how Mac Jones the douchey Mac Jones on the field is going to be able to go into Buffalo because you saw what happened to him last year in this situation
1: uh, Yeah, if 50, they were
2: an unmitigated disaster and that, was, two. and that was with Josh McDaniels as the offense coordinator how's this going to work out? I'm taking the Bills
1: Oh man, you just talked me into it. I really was like, man, that's a lot of points. But that was like a Matlock courtroom convincing a closing argument. All right, if you're talking pregame videos too, I'll, I'll go Bills late seven. A potential for a pregame video, and I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't doubt if there is one. I know what you're doing. You did the same thing when you said, "Hey, you might see Carson Wentz," and I'm going, "The guy's in a coffin." <laughs> and we saw Wentz. I know, I know
2: you. Okay. All right, Atlanta laying four against the Bucks. So, Todd Bowles came out this week and said they are playing to win this game. Yeah, right. Are they? No. And are that's they why really? Atlanta's favored. Now, you're not talking me out of this one. This is the Artie party. It is the Artie party, and I think they want to finish strong, too. And uh, Atlanta. I think I will take Atlanta. Yeah. Yes.
1: All right. This next one, I know we're going to
2: disagree. Steelers laying three against the Browns. I love the Steelers and I love what they did last week on at Baltimore. You know, at halftime it looked like they were going to get beat at, beat up and beat uh, uh, knocked off and they hung right in there just like the Steeler culture that has been there since coach Coward took the sidelines. And there's something special about them. I'm taking them, and I know the Browns looked good last week against Mm. Washington and Carson Wentz. Mm. Kenny Pickett hasn't been turning the ball over. I will take the Steelers at home. My issue with the Steelers is outside of Pickett's two-game
1: winning drives, they do nothing offensively. I, I actually, I'm taking the Browns. Oh, my God. I'm taking the Browns. Um, <laughs> Seahawks laying six and a half against a team we won't even speak of. I'm taking the Seahawks. Seahawks done. Yep. Uh, I am not letting the L.A. Rams cost me two dinners. Right. Uh, Broncos favored.
2: Yeah. Minus two and a half at the Chargers. Again, like what are the Chargers going to do here? I, I, there's. It's hard to say, right? I, know, I have take, no idea what they're going to do. Gotta you, gotta you got to take the Broncos. You do. You have to just simply because they looked better last week. Uh, Jerry Rosberg did a good job. You know, He kind of reconfigured the way that the coaching staff yeah. was going to be, so they put Clint Kubiak, the quarterback coach, on the field. They put the offensive coordinator up in the booth, and it turned out to work out for Russell Wilson. At least that's why they were able to keep it close. I wouldn't be surprised that they win this game. It's a meaningless game, essentially, for the Chargers.
1: Yeah, and I think the line tells you everything. You just, oh, I get the Chargers at two and a half. You're dead. So, yeah,
2: Justin Herbert, is going to play the, what, a quarter? What's your
1: opinion on that, by the way, as a quarterback? Like, if if your coach comes to you and goes, listen, we're going to put you on ice for week 18.
2: Yeah, i i don't I don't mind it for one week. Like if I were the Eagles and I had already had the the uh, the buy sewn up, I yeah. would not want to sit week eighteen and then wait another week and then play. Yeah, Colts did that a couple years ago yeah, with don't, Caldwell. Don't they, like it. They they don't like it. Beat. Yeah. Um, Eagles laying fourteen to the Giants again. Who are the Giants playing? I'm taking the Eagles just because I I I don't even know if Jalen Hurts is going to play, but if Gar- Gardner Minshew is going to play. You know I, I think the Giants are going to try to rest some of their key contributors and they should. Meaning that I think that the Eagles should be able to run the ball on the Giants. Yes. You know
1: who I wouldn't play from the Giants at all? I wouldn't even dress Saquon. Just give him oh, a no, give, at all. give him a week off because next week I'm giving you the ball 40 times.
2: That's exactly right. I would also be careful with Leonard Williams, I'd be careful yep. with uh, Dexter Lawrence. Yep. You know, these are big guys that are going to be needed in that in the in what I think is going to be a victory by the way. Uh, up in uh, uh, Minnesota. Right now, as we sit, I think the Giants are going to win. I love it. Yes. Eagles
1: lay to 14.
2: Uh, same
1: situation here. Taking the Niners. Niners all the way. laying
2: for. Yeah. I, I, how? How do you take the Cardinals? I can't do it. David Blau. And, you know, this uh, 49er defense was a little bit embarrassed last week, I-, I feel like, by Jared Stidham and the Raiders. So I think the 49er defense wants to get back on track, and it's going to be uh, a bloodbath. Now, explain this to me. Why are the Cowboys only given seven
1: and a half to the commanders that are starting rookie out of North Carolina, Sam Howell?
2: What am I missing here? You know, the Cowboys are still playing for something. Exactly, They're still playing for the uh, NFC East title. You know, they'll be watching that giant Philadelphia game, but I know that they know that the Giants are going to be playing anyway. Daniel Jones is not going to play, so the likelihood of them getting to number one, unlikely. But, uh, you know, they're probably going to stay right there at number five. But why is it seven and a half and not be, be, ten or twelve? Be, because they may not. They may end up putting Cooper Rush in there. So are we about to do what I think we're about to do? Take the Commanders.
1: Excuse me for a minute. <laughs> oh my God! I got to go back to back weeks taking these guys.
2: Washington, do me a favor. Just can you try this week, please? No. Num- the thing that we would tell everybody out there, we pick the game just because the game is on the schedule. You don't have to pick the game. No, that's right, people. That's I, I, I beg
1: you not to. Right. All right. Packers giving four and a half to the Lions on Sunday night football.
2: I am taking the Packers all the way, man. They are flying high, and Aaron Rodgers is feeling good, baby. And he wants to be able to stick it in everybody's face mm-hmm. that they made the playoffs. And I think they've been playing great. I'm not a big uh, a proponent of the Detroit defense. Um, I think outside, I'm not really sure what the weather's going to be on Sunday, but I do think that uh, being at home at Lambeau, guess who owns the Lions? Yeah, I know. His name is Aaron Rodgers.
1: Right, here's what I'll tell you. I don't. I think the Lions are atypical that even if they have nothing to play for because Seattle beats the Rams and they are eliminated, this team is not going to lay down. Dan Campbell will get them to play. Now, I don't think they're going to win, Boomer, but they they beat the Pack. Their defense has been top ten since week eight. Give me the four, four and a half is the new three and a half.
2: Yes, it is. Forty's the new thirty. And you know you work in Detroit during the week, so you're yeah. probably a little
1: bit biased. Now. No, no, I just I respect it. That's all I'm saying. All right, that's it. I'm take the lines with the four and a half. We got the best of the best, which features our pet team, the Jags, and we got a lot more ground to cover,
0: including a Ravens situation. All that and more next on Kickoff with Boomer and Valeni. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
1: Now, back to Kickoff kick with Buller, Science and Mike Valenti. All right, last segment. Uh, we'll get into, really, the game of the week. And then we've got some more issues to cover. And uh, who's going to be employed come Black Monday? We'll talk about all of it. But right now, best of the best. This week's best of the best of the best, this best week's of the best, best, best of the best. All right, this is a Saturday night special. The Jags, the team with the worst record in the league last year. The number one pick are in a win and you're in. Win the division. They are given six and a half to essentially the team that always wins this division, the Tennessee Titans.
2: Yeah, you know, this is a really weird game now. Joshua Dobbs is going to be the starting quarterback for the Titans. His second start, you know, he played reasonably well last week. Much better than Malik Willis would have ever played. Malik Willis,
1: I don't even understand how you can be this ill-prepared to play professional football.
2: Well, you know, he came out of Liberty, and he's a rookie, so everybody's just got to calm down and realize that there are certain skill sets that he has right now that are athletically based. Uh, he's got to learn how to play the game of football, and it's not easy. I mean, Zach Wilson is proving that out oh, I know. in New York, so it's it's a hard thing to do, and it's, it's not the easiest thing. So I feel bad for that kid, but hopefully next year he comes back, and he's going to be a much better player because he'll feel more comfortable. But now this game. Uh, You know, Doug Peterson has done a masterful job with Trevor Lawrence. All of a sudden, he looks like the kid that we saw at Clemson. He looks like every time he steps on the field, we're going to go out and win the game. Now, it helps to have Travis Etienne uh, running this football for him because Travis Etienne right now may be the best-looking running back in the NFL. Oh, my God. He's he's like shot out of a cannon all of a sudden. And I think that there's something special happening in Jacksonville, believe it or not. Um, The pool's going to be filled the, the game's going to be sold out. Awesome. It's going to be off the hinge, as they say. And I'm going to take the Jags and, and Trevor Lawrence, and I think they blow the Tennessee Titans out.
1: All right. I was now, just gonna... When I say
2: blow them out, like 24 to 10.
1: All right. I was just going to ask you that question. It's like, all right, Jags, I want them to win. I'm going to root for them to win. Are we really comfortable with the baby Jags laying seven in a winner-take-all against Mike Vrabel, who is the underdog king? Which one of these coaches,
2: as a coach, has won a Super Bowl? I'd be Doug Peters.
1: Okay, But, I mean, come on, Vrabel's they're, won both good, games. they're
2: both good coaches, but who's got the better quarterback? Oh, that's not even a question. Who's got who's got the younger team, the more uh, lively team, the the hungry team, the team that looks like you know it's playing for something? And I know that Mike Vrabel didn't have to play for anything last week, so maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe uh, he rested a few guys that you know may not have been rested that are going to play this week. So this is going to be. An all-hands-on-deck game. And that's like, I go back to the night they were in
1: Arrowhead, Malik Willis starting, and they turned that game into a damn street fight. Like, that's what the Titans do. Isn't there a chance? I mean, they show up, they fight, but they
2: lose. Like, a 20-17 to 17 game. You know, that was a middle-of-the-season game, you know, and, and there could have been a little bit of lull for Kansas City and all yeah. that kind of stuff. This is, a, this is a game to get in for the Jaguars, who – I are probably like the Green Bay Packers. Like, what are we doing here? And now, all of a sudden, it's all coming together. They're healthy. Uh, There's they're big six foot six quarterback is running with the ball as well. as throwing the ball and he's throwing the ball exceptionally well. And they have this super stud running back himself in the backfield. Oh, I love him. That is a superstar on on the come. So I, I'm. That's why I'm taking the Jags. You could take whoever you want. No, I'm not I, trying to talk just, you into it. No, no, no. Listen, it's a fascinating game, and I like just
1: talking through it. And I. Am I over? Let me ask you this question. So, when you were a younger player, like, am I overrating the pressure spot for a team that has never been
2: in it? Like, Just, am I valuing that too much? I think you have a, a coach who's been in it, and I think you have a quarterback who has definitely been in it in Clemson. Like, it wasn't like they were playing, you know, not playing for the national championship. They were. So, he's used to big games, and he's always been a great player at every level he's been at. And I think we're seeing. He's on that path to greatness. And this is where, you know, this is where I believe he joins the big four quarterbacks in the AFC. So when you think about Burrow, Herbert, Allen, and of course, Patrick Mahomes, now here comes Trevor Lawrence to join that group to become the big five in the AFC. And we're going to have 10 years of unbelievable play because of these quarterbacks.
1: And you said the pool's going to be full?
2: Oh, pool's going to be full. All I right,
1: Jag's latest six and a half.
2: I mean, you know, Tennessee has lost I know. their last six games.
1: Bro. I know, I know. Listen, I needed a consultation. I had to talk through it with you because you know it. Six and a half is a huge number in the NFL. And, and when
2: and when this game meant something, like four weeks ago, the Jags beat them thirty six to twenty two. All right,
1: pool's full. We're in. Okay. Um, I know. I, I want to get to this because I, I'm fascinated by it. You know, we talked briefly about Cincinnati, Baltimore. John Harbaugh, it felt like he was shading his quarterback. Lamar, I, I hate what I see from Lamar. Like if you're gonna if you want this $250 million, you you want all of this. Do me a favor. Can we lose the ridiculous sunglasses? Can we put a headset on? Can we attempt to be a
2: part of what the team's doing on the sideline? Not a good look. That's right. So, I hated it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people hate the the vibe of what's going on down there in Baltimore. And, you know, there are some people here in New York that think that Lamar Jackson would be great for the Jets. And I was like, okay, if he's great for the Jets, you might as well just get rid of the wide receivers because you're going to have to change your offense to play the way that Baltimore plays. Right. And that's why Greg Roman gets so much, you know, so many compliments uh, is about how he played or devised an offense for Colin Kaepernick yep. back in the day with Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco. He has devised this kind of offense that accentuates what Lamar does well. He's brilliant. And, yeah, he, he does a good job. And now he's doing it with Tyler Huntley, by the way. Mm-hmm. They don't score a lot of points. They can't. And I don't know what Lamar is doing. I don't know if this is a s- sort of subtle, silent protest that he's not playing. Maybe his knee is hurt more than we think it is. But the way that John Harbaugh opened the week about Lamar tells us all we need to know, that there is some significant friction with between the organization and their their star quarterback in their system. I I
1: said this from day one. I'm not backing off of it. I would never pay him. Now if you want to franchise him, that's your prerogative, but he's going to be upset. I would never give this guy
2: a long-term contract. So and then the question is if you don't do that and you can't come to grips with, you know, because he saw Deshaun Watson basically talk his way out of Houston. Right. Now whatever happened to Deshaun Watson between when he said to Houston, I want to I want out of here after you he signed that big contract to all the D- Deshaun right. Watson off the field antics to end up getting that $230 million guarantee with Cleveland. That's one thing. Lamar sees himself as better than Deshaun. Right. Watson. He wants to he wants that money and he wants it guaranteed. And I think Baltimore, and it was said by Steve Bashotti when that yes. contract was signed, made and it hard for on, all of us. Exactly. And he's the owner of the Baltimore Ravens. And when you're open and honest about that, that tells you that there is a, you know, an impasse between player and organization. And I think we're seeing it play itself out right now, which is really unfortunate. And you're not dealing with – here's the other problem. There's, there's two notes. You're not dealing with a player
1: that has real representation. It, like, isn't Lamar repped by his mother? And himself, yes. Right. That, that's No disrespect. That's asinine. You're trying to negotiate a quarter of a billion-dollar deal. We're not sitting down to talk about what pizza toppings we're getting tonight. Like, that's a problem. And second of all, here's the thing that sticks out to me. And you said it, but, like, think about his own best friend was Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown said, I got to get up out of here. Like, there's no ability for Lamar to be a drop back when I got to throw it, when I need to throw it, on time, on platform, accurate, I can't pay him. So, Boomer, I'm going to say this. You can laugh at me. Shoot it down. If I'm Steve Bashotti, I've reached a point now, and I'll tell you, I don't know what's going on with this injury. I feel like this is an opinion, not a report. I feel like they think he could play, and he's choosing not to. That's I agree. Me. That's with me I, saying I, that. Yeah, but I agree with you. So, my point would be I've reached the trading stage. I
2: am going to move him this offseason. I am done with this. Okay, so give me an idea where you're sending him and who is going to want to change whatever they're doing offensively and create an offense around Lamar and what he does. I'll give you one owner who I think,
1: Well, I don't even know if I can use this term. I don't know what the rules are, but I think he's a bit of a star bleeper. What about David Tepper? What about Carolina? He said from go, I want a star quarterback. Money's no object. He's going to be bringing in a new coach. They have a great defense. Well, a good young defense. Look, you're gonna find the mark. The NFL is like a poker game. And one person at that table is gonna do something stupid. I don't know, Boomer. I'm just
2: saying I can't move forward with this. You know, that's why I would hope he would stay in Baltimore with John Harbaugh, with Greg Roman, and sign some sort of contract that both sides are gonna be a little bit disappointed with. Right. And and that would be his best, that would be his best place. You know the worst part? they could sign him to a $250 million deal where only one and a quarter is guaranteed maybe in the first three seasons. Well, the Kyler Murray deal. And by the way, when you think about all the quarterbacks that have been injured this year a and have missed uh, significant playing time, at the top of that list are the running quarterbacks, the quarterbacks yeah. that either by play call or just by their ability to create off-platform plays, so however you want to call it, um, they've all been injured. Jalen Hurts has been injured. Justin Fields is injured. Tyler, You got Kyler's injured. You got Lamar that's injured. I mean, you just think about all yeah. these guys that are injured. So you got to take that into account. If you are an owner, a general manager, or a coach, I just hope that he stays there, just like I would say to Daniel Jones. Look, you're not going to break the bank with the Giants. You didn't throw 40 touchdowns. <clears throat> but you've played good. You've solidified yourself as the Giant quarterback, and we think you're going to get better. But we can't pay you forty million dollars a year—the going no, rate for a starting star quarterback in the NFL.
1: No, we, we please, God, that. no. Uh, real quick, John's brother Jim. I mean, reports galore. Apparently, this guy's on the phone with David Tepper. He's got, hes offered some mealy-mouthed. Uh, you know, I. No one knows the future. I—I I think I'll be back. Did, is the NFL interested in Jim Harbaugh? Well, in didn't your he have—didn't
2: he have a dance with the Minnesota Vikings last year? Yeah, until he walked in the room and interviewed. Exactly, because he probably said, look, you want me? Then this is what I'm bringing, right. and this is what I want, and this is how much money I want. So two teams right now that make it interesting for me to see whether or not they want to go down this road, one would be David Tepper. I don't think uh, I don't think Denver is the place for him, but I also would think that maybe Arizona, because their general manager, Steve Kine, stepped away. Yeah. Uh, their coach right now is dealing with a Kyler Murray injury that means next year at the beginning of the year, Kyler Murray's not going to be there ready to go. And maybe, just maybe, if Jim Harbaugh went to Arizona and got Kyler Murray, maybe that would satisfy Kyler as a quarterback and satisfy satisfy the fan base that the team is trying to move forward with a new coach and a new approach. Note Indianapolis? I say Indianapolis maybe, but, you know, crazy Jim with crazy Jim. That's J&J crazy for me. That's called Radio Gold. It is. All right. um, Let's get to your final word,
1: Black Monday edition. Take us through it.
2: What you say after this don't don't matter.
1: This is the final word.
2: Okay, so here we go. we got Indianapolis, Denver, and Carolina all going to be looking for new coaches. Uh, I think Arizona is going to be on that list of interesting to see what happens with Cliff and see what happens with uh, the Bidwell family. And there's always going to be one surprise. Where is that surprise? Is that surprise Miami? Does Stephen Ross go after Sean Payton and Tom Brady again? Oh, no. It Not Daniel. I love him. Uh, we all love him. But you never know what's going on in a building and how somebody wants to try to capture a chance to go for the Super Bowl. The other team that I would think that there's got to be some discussion about what's happening is Tennessee, depending on how they look this weekend – Against the Jaguars, remember, offense coordinator DUI. Yeah. uh, General manager fired. Mm -hmm. uh, Coach, like, in a kind of a weird situation. Wow. And I know that the general manager was probably fired because of the trade of A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. And when they played Philadelphia, A.J. had a big game. Went nuts. And I know that Mike Vrabel did not want to trade A.J. Brown. And he told him to his face that he would never trade him. And that trade was done behind his back.
1: Tennessee, mark it down. I mean, he knows people. He knows. I don't know about that. He knows. All right, look. We start playoffs next week. All of it. We'll cover it top to bottom. And games that are actually pickable. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. We'll talk to you next week. It's kickoff It's kickoff kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.